Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Emily Dean and Steve Hall. Good morning. Steve Empty Hall, as he's known on the <laughs> stand-up circuit. And, uh, <laughs> no, he isn't. He isn't. He isn't. Uh, you can text us on 8.12.15. We'd love to hear from you because you're nice. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on Absolute. Sorted. You're I've done my housekeeping. <laughs> I can relax and enjoy myself. Yes, but you're getting a slight sore throat, Frank, and I like it. It's like Senator, who's well, he's working late. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, look, I'm in the middle of a filibuster. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> not that I do fast food anymore. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so Steve, t- let's, let's call uh, Steve and Emily two-thirds of the dream team. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you're aware of this, but the, the show that you... you um, Two did with Matt Ford has, has become. I've heard it described as the greatest radio show. <laughs> <I've ever done. laughs> yeah, but my, well, that was my agent saying that. Well, yeah. well I, I listened into last week's show, and you'd said that you'd thought that myself, Emily, and Matt Ford had sounded with it. Yeah, very with it. Uh, and my, bro- my brother has been mocking me all week because the, the concept of me being with it is absolutely ridiculous. Well, you're saying <laughs> so he's that, been leaving I, me. I, I hate no, it. You're modest. Absolutely, been... absolutely ridiculous. He's yeah. one of our sister stations. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I wonder what they play. <laughs> my brother's taken to call me calling me Bitty McLean to, to mock how not with it I am. Oh, well, I don't get that. Just because no. he's a, an irrelevant pop star from a, from 15, 16 years ago. Bitty oh. McLean completely passed me by, but I like the sound. Of, um, I bet he had a, a dazzling smile. Am I right? I think he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fabulous. What he was, was a sort of poor, uh, he was what a, was Bitty's, um, I was trying to work, remember, I, and I, he, he's sort of a poor man's Shakadimus and pliers. Oh, I mean, we get we're digging deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> That's what, what I love about you, Steve. You like the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you click on a link, and you, you're even further into the labyrinth. <laughs> he's Wikipedia in a tour T-shirt. Yeah, what, what, is is that? what is that T-shirt? Um, this is a very cheap T-shirt. It's just a load of hanging light bulbs. Oh. Uh, it's not. It's not a band. It's not you a know band. Electricians. Sometimes I thought it was a New York skyline. So did I, Frank. Exactly it's, what I thought. It's light bulbs to form. Well, this is quality I've radio we're doing. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Describing a visual image, but yeah, there's a, there's a website where you can submit designs, uh, and if and people Shut vote up. for them. People really? vote for the designs, and if they, if enough people vote for the design, the T-shirt gets made. Are you saying that's your design? No. Oh. <laughs> I should have said, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just no, I knocked this up in a lunch hour. I was getting so excited about I know. that. Steve's designed his own T-shirt for that, the radio. That would, that would feel like a very deliberate piece of advertising. It'd be like <laughs> the, the biggest waste of time a radio presenter has ever been involved <laughs> designing their own T-shirt. Anyway, look, I want to tell you about something uh, slightly supernatural that oh. happened to me. I know we've spoken about... Uh, dreams on the show before and about yeah, but the fact Martin that Luther King was in the studio at the time yeah and uh, you know he, he wasn't as good a guest as I thought he was going to be <laughs> that was yeah. when you decided to stop having guests when, yeah. after Martin Luther King's appearance and um, I'll be honest with you he's a bit of a bomb pincher <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> I just let it pass I thought you're a legend you're yeah. entitled um, <laughs> and also you've been dead 12 years <laughs> um, you got a load a bit of fun no, I was, um, I was, I lay sleeping, and uh, I had a dream, right? And in the dream, I saw, now let me give you a little bit of backstory here. I was at my publishers a few years ago. I'm loving this so far. <laughs> and, oh, it's like being Somerset Maffam. <laughs> I was at my publishers, and uh, I mentioned to him that I liked an American writer called James Elroy. I don't know if you've... Oh, if, I'm familiar. You know, yeah. Mm. 
I'd seen him uh, live and uh, doing a, a talk and all that and read a few of his books. And uh, he said, oh, have you read his uh, American tabloid trilogy? And I said, no. He said, here you go. And he handed over. I mean, it's is great. When you're at the publishers, you constantly drop hints about books you'd like to read. <laughs> and they hand, he handed me these three beautiful, crisp, clean, free books. And it was so exciting. He put them in a... So I took them home and I started, re- I started reading the first one. And it, it's, it's brilliantly written. It's about the Kennedy assassination, right? Uh, it's brilliantly written, but um, it's very bleak and really bleak. I mean, oh. bleak. So um, I went back to Doctor Who novelizations. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been a while back. I read 300 pages of it, and it is brilliant. Yeah. But anyway, in this dream, I saw these three books laid out next to each other, and uh, a voice was saying, you must read these now. And, <laughs> uh, and that was the dream. Now, I'm wondering if it could be some sort of internet. I didn't see a cross in the corner of it to click on. <laughs> but I was... Am I channeling um, Richard and Judy? <laughs> <laughs> Through Sam, obviously, my, uh, my Ethiopian oh, yeah. familiar. That- <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you know Sam, Steve. That's Derek Chorus. That's, um, that's it. That's who he speaks to the spirits. Ah. You know, when he's he, doesn't go, he doesn't go direct to the way of the spirits. <laughs> no, no he, has, he has an Ethiopian familiar. Yeah. And um, and that explains his, his accent. Yeah. But, I mean, how odd. I mean, what an odd thing to dream about. A book I hadn't even thought about. And, and what's more odd is that um, I woke up and uh, I start, got the book and started reading it. Like, I didn't even question it. You acted on the voices, then, Completely. is what you're saying. So I am now reading um, James Elroy's American tabloid trilogy as advertised in my subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Yes, yeah, so that's what happened to me. I was uh, I, mm. I was told to read this book in a dream, and I've started reading and, the whole... And it's a trilogy as well, so it's, 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 uh, it's a commitment. And have you made any... Dis- since you've started reading it, has there been any... Like, you've read five pages further, and, and you've reached a page that says, Frank, the, the money's buried beneath this tree. No, I'm nowhere near up to it. I've read, like, 300 pages, so I'm, I'm miles... I'm, it's very odd to reread a book when you get to my age, because you don't think you've got time. <laughs> I turned yeah. down uh, Lord of the Rings, because I thought, I'm, I'll never make it. <laughs> and now here I'm reading a book I've already read, for goodness sake. And also, it's got an assassination. I mean, d- did Lee Harvey Os- Oswald get a dream that said, read a book about Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> and that's, is that what's, is he supposed to inspire me? I'm going to take out Obama. <laughs> I hope not, but if you heard it here first... This could be an well. elaborate Manchurian candidate remake. Yeah. Oh, can you see... I can't see Frank in DC in his hoodie no. going postal. <laughs> you know, I've started wearing Imagine my... Imagine I saw you on the news. That would be awful, <laughs> wouldn't I've it? started wearing my hoodie up in this cold weather. Oh. And you have I... to take it down when you go to supermarkets, darling. It's banned. I don't go to supermarkets. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have people to do that. Yeah. Um, but no, I do look like a, a, a ghost of a monk. Mm, there's, there's, there's a certain age of face that you don't want to have a, a, <laughs> you don't want coming out of a hood. I, it is a bit like E2 on the bi- ET on the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I also speaking of um, Abraham Lincoln, I went to see Lincoln 
this week. Did you? Now, I haven't seen that, Frank, because I worried it might be... I thought there'd be a lot of men talking. You know when films are just old men talking? <laughs> I, just, I just shushed them. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually two young women behind me talking. I actually moved because there was two women behind me talking, and I sat somewhere else where there's another two women behind me talking. We do like to talk. Well, yeah. were, they, were they both saying, is that Frank Skinner? Well, he keeps <laughs> moving. <laughs> Did you like the film? You know what? I, the reason I'd put off going is because I'd read a couple of three, three-ish stars type of... You know, Daniel Day-Lewis is brilliant, but the film itself... <laughs> that. It was brilliant. Was it? It was absolutely brilliant. And mm-hmm. I was put off. I might not have gone because of those... Mm. Those doubters. And I should just trust my... Uh, I'm just going to go to my dreams now for critical <laughs> appraisal. And, and funnily enough, I saw... Uh, you know Mark Commode? Uh, I do. I do indeed, yes. Yeah. Frank's and, a fan uh, of his hair. Yes, I love his hair. And also, <laughs> I don't think I've ever mentioned him in, in conversation without saying <laughs> I've marked a few commodes myself <laughs> in my time. But... He was on the telly, and he said, "Well, there's this new film I went to see, and you know, it's got and it's, and, the, and the, the acting about." And he took, and I thought, "I like Mark Command. I've met him. He's a nice bloke." But basically, it's the it's the bloke who you spent your whole life avoiding, the bloke who's been to see a film you haven't seen, and he tells you all about it. <laughs> and that's what film critics are. Right? They're those they're those blokes who tell you about films they've seen. Shut up about it. <laughs> you see, I miss the days when I can't. I believe it was Paul Ross. I can't remember, but there used to be a film review column in the Sun, and they'd award bottles of beer. So you'd get three beers, <laughs> and they honestly, I remember seeing Schindler's List. There were four bottles of beer. That's oh. true. What review? How many beers did they give to Leaving Las Vegas? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good question. <laughs> Schindler's List, four bottles of beer. Well, that's quite good. Yeah, oh, no, I'm not knocking oh, it. No. <laughs> I, I, I've seen most of Lincoln. I loved it. But, oh, you uh, walked. No, no, my wife got very confused and a number of things went wrong. She booked for the wrong day, but when we printed our tickets out, the venue didn't notice. And the bloke said to us, we thought he'd said, are you aware you've missed 15 minutes? And it turns out we'd missed 50 minutes oh. and misheard him. So we came out of, the th- out of the cinema thinking, well, it was a lot easier to free those slaves than we imagined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, and, and I was, and she was. My wife was quite defensive because it was her. So I was saying, I think we missed quite a bit. She goes, No, no, five minutes, and we'd missed nearly See, an that hour. Would break my, if if, he'd, see, if I, he'd said to me, "You've missed two minutes," I wouldn't have gone in. I can't do that. Yeah, well, I thought we just missed adverts. Oh. Steve missed, likes we'd missed to get, a whole lot of Steve Sally Field. You missed Bartlow, adverts, Frank. but they were for slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that. Um, a little disgusted, actually, oh. that you decided to go in knowing that you had missed the 50 minutes. Yeah, I'm shocked. Well, I, we thought it was... I feel like I've, I've disgraced myself <laughs> and I need to apologise to the nation. The only... I thought it was trailers. We, You know, because the programme started well, you thought there was a trailer with a man in a beard? No, before I walked in, I, when I saw the man with the beard, I did think that was that was the moment that kicked on this. I thought, well, they've got a very convincing lookalike to advertise Nike. <laughs> I think there was an advert on before that had got Lincoln in it, if I remember rightly. I don't know if it's... Honestly, there was something I remember thinking it odd. I don't know if it's a board game or something. <laughs> Action figure. Anyway, I, if anyone is thinking, oh, I'm not going to go because I read that dodgy review, I, I urge you to go. It's brilliant. Unless you're not very bright. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. You were talking about your cinematic experience you'd gone to see Lincoln mm. and Omar has texted in 
and he says, "Hi, you should try watching a film here in Dubai. It is okay. acceptable." Have you got the timings? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Dubai, actually. You not? No. Have you been? No, I haven't. I imagine it's a very sort of. Uh, has it got like a roof on it or something? Yes. Isn't it like a sort of macro climate? It's a very, very hot Westfield. Well, let's see. Okay. <laughs> is what I've heard. Um, it is acceptable to take babies into the screening and take calls on your three mobile phones. It's a different world. It is. Well, it's a different country, at least. <laughs> no, I remember seeing a, a snooker player interviewed, and he lived in Dubai. I can't remember which one it was now. It wouldn't be Davis. And when he said he lived in Dubai, I thought, hmm... Then he said, favourite food, steak. I thought, mmm. <laughs> and then they said, who's your best friend in snooker? And he said, well, I've got a wife and three daughters, so I don't really need other friends. I thought, ooh. <laughs> Doesn't Jim, da- Jim Davidson live there as well? Does what? he live in... I don't know. Yeah, he yeah, didn't he does, until yeah. recently. I don't think we can discuss him. Um, well, I think we can discuss okay. him. He still exists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, innocent till then, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my mother um, acted upon a dream. She had a dream um, in which a man appeared out of the clouds escorted by angels and was brought to her bedside. And then years later, she saw that man at a party. No. Recognised him, and it was my dad. Is it really? Yeah. It was odd, because he was usually brought home by the police. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah. That's such a lovely story. and And she wrote to a newspaper about it, told this story, and was Letter of the Week, and won uh, half a crown. Oh, she was Letter of the Week, Frank. Yeah, half a crown as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be sniffed at. Was there yeah. a danger that she then start acting on other dreams? Well, I, she I had mean, a dream that there was like a Not, after, a space not after the way that one worked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, funnily enough, this very week, the same night that I, I had dream night this week, because normally I don't remember my dreams, but this on Monday night they were all there laid out before me. Mm. I had my book trilogy to read, so I had my reading <laughs> list. <laughs> and also I had three separate dreams that my girlfriend, Kath, was being unfaithful to me. Did you? In one of them I had a man by his throat up against the wall of a bar saying, <laughs> oh. if you're going to do that, don't do it right in front of me. Well, yeah. I had... Um... <laughs> and then did he say, can I recommend this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, a pharaoh with my dreams, Frank. Mm, yeah. No no fat cows in my dream, though. No, I should hope not. No. <laughs> um, I dreamt only this week, it was an extraordinary dream, that I was on my way to work for Simon Cowell. Oh, yeah. It's not that extraordinary. That no, happen. it is when you find out it was a horrible little pokey office. And I was spending my day, and I just started doing it like this was the most natural thing in the world, filing and refiling black and white photographs of Buck's, Buck's fears. Mm. I don't know why I was doing that. I just thought that was normal. Anyway. The Original reason- lineup. I can't remember that level of detail. <laughs> okay. I'm not as forensic as you when it comes to oh, dreams. So my first thought would have been pre or post Coach Craft. That's, <laughs> that's what you want to know. I think Bobby was in it still. Oh, good. But I remember thinking, what a horrible office he's got. And I was happy doing this. Yeah. But the point of me telling you this is that... I've heard before that the box for his archive could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my phone in the dream. Oh, God. I was <laughs> on the edge of my seat then. <laughs> 
I lost my mobile phone. Right. And then a series of sort of terrible incidents occurred as a result of me losing my phone. So when I woke up, I thought, I'm going to be really vigilant about this phone. I think it might be important. And I was sitting on the tube. I know, but it happens occasionally. <laughs> uh, it's a recession. We've all got to tighten our belts. And um, I had my phone. It had, it, had, it had come astray from the headphones, and it had oh. fallen in between my lap. Oh, God. Mm. And as I got up, I, I checked for it, and I thought, maybe that dream. You see, that made ah. me... That's why I've still got my phone. I'd love to know if any of our readers have acted upon things that have happened in dreams, as both Emily and I have this mm. week. In fact, <laughs> I must admit that when I had these dreams about my girlfriend's infidelity, I woke up furious and upset. And But I, I did mention it to her. I'd said, you know, I had three dreams you were... Uh, so I'm like you to raise an awkward subject. Yeah. <laughs> but I mentioned it and I was, you know, looking for a slight flicker of the eyelash or something. Sort of twitch, twitch in the corner of the mouth. But I, th I think I'm all right, but who knows? It's a less inspiring because Martin Luther King had got up and said, I have a dream in which my wife cheats on me. <laughs> yes. I had a dream that sees three books. Oh, indeed. <laughs> I was working for Simon Cowell. <laughs> yeah. um, I was working in the Bucks Fizz archive. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, are you a dreamer? Uh, I used to have dreams, and then I, I got married. Oh. <laughs> what, you mean you just... Uh, I just gave up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you stopped sleeping. Oh, <laughs> you're doing some old club comic material. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, do you ever dream jokes? That's always... I, hate, I, some, I used to keep a little notepad next to my... In case, yeah. I, in case I dreamt anything, and you'd, you'd wake up, think, oh, I've, I've been inspired, and then you'd read it in the morning. It would say things like, I'll tell you what blokes like, boobs. <laughs> yeah. And that would be the extent of the joke. Yes, I, I, I have, um, but uh, there's some um, comedians who have obviously thought, no, I'm, I'm using this, <laughs> <laughs> and they've actually done all right on it. So, you know, more fool us, I say. Yeah, I've never, I've never dreamt a good joke. I m imagine dreaming a fabulous 20 minutes of stand-up that was brilliant. That would be the best <laughs> thing ever. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, obviously, we've been discussing the Oscars... Uh, no, we're discussing films, rather. Yes. I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm too excited. Having discussed Lincoln, of course yes. it was, uh, which was Oscar-nominated. Well, got an Oscar. Indeed. Mm. Did you stay up? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, well, I was invited to be on the Sky coverage of the Oscars, which sounded really exciting and lovely. Mm. But having uh, had a baby this year, I'd seen um, one of the films, I think, yeah. that were nominated, so um, that was a bit of a waste of battery. Mm. But no, I've, I've, it's, a, it's a big... Did you stay up? Steve? I stayed up. I watched... Uh, Brilliant. I get quite excited by... Yes, uh, that's very what, Steve. Uh, I can imagine you yeah. staying up. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's trying to find somewhere, because I haven't got a TV channel that shows it, so trying to find live streaming on the no internet. Sky in your house? We, get, we, use, we use one of, the, uh, one of their rivals. Oh. I didn't know they had any rivals. Yes, what is it? We use Virgin, Virgin Media. Oh, OK. Slightly better broadband, I find. But, uh, is it the David Tennant thing that's drawn you in? <laughs> I've, been, I've been sucked in by that. I can understand it. Oh, so you couldn't so you, so did you, you watch it then? Uh, so I found live streaming uh, oh, on okay. a dodgy internet connection. But it's quite a nerve-wracking thing, because there are so... You don't want to associate the words live streaming when you're seeing Shirley Bassey sing a song. No. Just no. because she's of a certain age, you worry. That yeah, she might be live streaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope not. He poor, was poor so Seth MacFarlane, he got quite bad reviews, that Seth, didn't he? He did get some very bad reviews. He was a bit of a... His hair's a bit too black, though. This was the host. Yes, it? he's the f he's Family Guy, I believe. That's what he's. Yeah, and and Ted. The film. Yeah, I haven't seen Family Guy, but then I'm not 11, and I don't live in Wisconsin. I don't for me particularly. I didn't realise that. Yeah, but uh, his hair's a little bit. I'd call it Eileen Drury black, Frank. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, people can, I think, I don't know, he's not old though, is he, Seth MacFarlane? No, I, you have to be a bit careful when you, in fact, there's a man on the telly now with exactly the same problem. <laughs> is that if you dye your <laughs> hair too dark, what happens is the discrepancy between the colour of your hair and the, and the colour of your face becomes alarming. <laughs> In your youth, they're pretty well shoulder to shoulder the cover of your hair and the colour of your face. But yes. um, people who dye their hair, that starts to separate out. That's and you true. see that the grey, the grey face of the elderly <laughs> with jet black hair is <laughs> a terrible sort of Andy Warhol uh, creation. Yeah, hence me calling it, referring to it as Reagan Black. Yes. That's what he did in his later years. But he was, Seth MacFarlane, he was a bit of a silly billy about women. And was he it? got in trouble. Yes, he was. I didn't see all his stuff. I saw some pretty ordinary stuff about... Um, I don't like to criticise other comedians. It's a mm. difficult job. But so his Daniel Day-Lewis stuff. Mm. He went, you know, first port of call was about his preparation for the roles and all that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a tough... I know, I, you know, I hosted the Brits and it was like gazing into the very depths of hell. So I imagine <laughs> Seth's probably had a couple of sleepless nights since. Well, this was described as... He was described as the worst host of anything ever. So that's good news on the Brits front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been superseded. <laughs> I thought you were very good at the Brits, Well, because it got its highest ever ratings. That was the thing, because it was popular aiming at a younger a younger demographic mm. who were fans of Family Guy and so on. So more people watched it. The so trouble it is, it has an American audience. So he says, um, I was talking to Jennifer Lawrence. And they <laughs> Sure, he's doing. A, he's going to do a joke. He must know he's on his way to a joke. <laughs> Applaud her later on when she gets nominated. Did you see the filthy creep incident with Jack Nicholson? Frank? I did. Now, what do you guys think? So we should say. So Jennifer Lawrence is being interviewed. Jennifer Lawrence, in case you don't know, is like a very mm. pretty young actress who was nominated. Well, for... They know J Law. Yeah, okay. <laughs> J Law's and big. then suddenly. In mid-interview, though, it's not like he just went up to her in, 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 in the party <laughs> after. She was being interviewed on the television. By George Stephanopoulos. And Indeed. Jack Nicholson turns up. And is this one of your dreams? And, yeah. <laughs> is, it, uh, what was great about it is that she didn't play like a professional actress. To him, she went, oh, it's lovely to meet you and all that. As soon as he went away, she went, oh, <laughs> She was like the teenage girl on the night bus who'd just been spoken to by a homeless. <laughs> she, had that, she wasn't trying to hide. Oh, oh. Then, then he came up and said, I'll see you later. And she said, oh, my God. She said, I need a rear-view mirror. <laughs> Such a good um, gag. Frank, I hope, I didn't I hope like she was it. talking about... Um, Th that particular well, cause he, moment because he tried to chat up chat Anna Friel a few years ago did he and, oh, uh, and he's got a type and she, she'd said to him you're old enough to be my granddad to which he replied yeah but you still talk to me for ten minutes which is oh. such to which she, she wants to reply that's not impressive at all ten, well done for not needing the bathroom in those ten minutes you old man <laughs> yeah but um, we don't know what happened after <laughs> uh, Jack knows he's in with a show because he's Jack Nicholson and I think he's thinking time's running out I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to play every card in my hand <laughs> I don't want to be left holding any cards I'm going to go for all of them and uh, he, he really did uh, I mean I know in the, it was a bit Lord Renard in lots of ways but um, it was it's sort of Jack Nicholson you sort of don't yeah, exactly. sort of all yeah, right. I was going to say Frank if it was Dame Maggie Smith doing it to Daniel Radcliffe I'd have a problem yeah. with yes. that yes you're right. <laughs> I'm just going to hold on to that idea. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
talking about the, the Oscars. We were. Oh, Frank, before we get back to the Oscars, could I just... We've had communication from a reader on 918. Darren in Surrey, this is Read Dreams. Frank, have you never heard the old saying, Friday's dream, Saturday told, will always come true no matter how old. You'd better keep an eye on your good lady. Mm. Oh. Oh, eh? <laughs> I think it was Monday I had that dream, so I think we're was all it? right, yeah. I like someone who, who refers to a partner as a good lady. It's quite yeah. Noel Edmonds, I my like, lady. I like people who still use proverbs. It's, it's yes. dying out the use of <laughs> proverbs, and they are, they are great sackfuls of wisdom. Mm. Hmm. I yeah. saw Milton Berle. You know who Milton Berle is? He used to be yeah, an yeah. American yeah. comedian from the 50s and stuff. I think he was known as Mr. Television, if I remember rightly. Excellent. <laughs> oh, was that Steve Penk? <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> Milton, I saw him host a, a show in uh, in Montreal, the Montreal Festival, and he had not changed since the 50s, basically. He came on. This was a very sort of right-on crowd, and he went, uh, Hi, got a really uh, hip crowd tonight. Look at the hips on that broad. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, well this, is, this is like a gangster, Phil. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't he meant to be legendarily blessed by nature? He was, yes, but we won't, we won't go into that. <laughs> but he did, uh, yes, there was a moment in the foyer of the Delta Hotel when he displayed this uh, gift. And nevertheless, uh, <laughs> there was a, a, a very um, sort of arty theatre group on. It all came on in black polo and sweaters and stuff and did some... Um, a bit beatnik, but, yeah, but Tony they, Hancock the Rebel. They, were, they did a very sort of serious, uh, and they did some uh, theatre, like a bit of mime and stuff. And he walked back on and went, Gay! <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, at the airport the other day, they just moved on from that. <laughs> It's a, it's a monstrous character. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so, you know, there's many ways of hosting these big shows. There's mm. a story about him where, because he he'd been around for so long, he could do any, he, he can do callbacks or jokes about things that were 40 years old. Mm. So he, apparently he did a, his microphone started feeding back. Uh, and this was sometime in the 80s, his microphone started feeding back, and he, and he said, uh, I hope there are planes doing a World Excellent. War II reference, oh. and it took the roof off. Yeah, did right. it? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. I mean, apparently, he once said to someone, Milton Burl, is in the wings, and he said, give me a phrase of any kind, give me a phrase. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, just give me a phrase. And he said, OK, I'll, I'll see you Monday. And he went on stage and said, hey, I was in a, sort of went in a bar the other day, and I sort of, and the guy said, I'll see you Monday. And he did it in such a, like it was, it sounded mm. like a punchline. People laughed. Now, that <laughs> might be great that it worked, but... What level of cynicism do you have to get to, <laughs> to, to be demonstrating that in front of a live audience? He was, a, I imagine, a difficult man, Milton. I don't mean Milton who wrote uh, Paradise Lost no. and Samson. He wasn't a barrel of loss. No. I think he was blind, as they say in the uh, <laughs> West Midlands. He went blind? It's, it has two syllables if you come from places like uh, Cradley East, mm. <laughs> Black East. Is that because you've had your sight taken away from you by a lion? That's, uh, what, that's what it sounds like, the way you're saying. Blind. I don't yeah, know, yeah. but I'd like to do some more Milton Burr <laughs> after this <laughs> I'd like to do some more John Milton. <laughs> uh, a little onward lend. What is it? A little onward lend thy guiding hand. Are you uh, on Lost your, or your just fear, Your fear itself of death removes the fear. <laughs> Good night. This is Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Steve Hall is with us this morning. 
and uh, you can text us on that. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the sound of one hand clapping yeah. and uh, clapping in a fairly unenthusiastic. It's actually two. Oh, hands. It was two hands. Right. Yeah, uh, text us on eight twelve fifteen eight twelve fifteen. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on Absolutes. I'm still laughing at that ra- attempted round of applause. <laughs> well, often on, on more professional radio shows, I suddenly realise that when you introduce a sort of guest, they, they, have, clap. they either have a posse who clap or they have um, taped. Let's call it clapter. <laughs> it's a mixture of laughter and clap. That sounds horrible. It does, doesn't it? Um, um, Frank, I, there's an email I'd like to read out. Do it. And I think you might want to hear it when you learn that the subject line is more on Daniel Craig's casual subversion of Frank. I like it so far. Hi, Frank Allen. Oh, sorry, Steve, that's oh, awkward. And, of oh, course, the wonderful no. Emily. This is what it's going to be like with that, having two popes. Yeah, <laughs> 100% like that. Yeah. I was perusing James Bond trivia and happened across a little titbit of a fact in that the film title Die Another Day is from an 1896 poem called A Shropshire Lad by none other than A.E. Houseman. I think someone has pointed this out before, actually. Now, I asked... old age pensioners outside running... (laughs) I like Frank's use of oi, oi, oi at the A.E. Houseman line. Now, I understand that JB purists will argue... I thought he was going to say Priestley. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond purists will argue that Die Another Day was a Pierce Brosnan-fronted Bond film, and mm. they would be right. What I find more interesting is, given this new evidence, one would argue that Daniel Craig's eagerness to take on the role was fueled not by the challenge, the kudos, or the international recognition, which would be garnered by such a role. No, I say that the A.E. Houseman link proves that his campaign against Frank started way back then. Anyway, I mm. love the show. Oh, sorry, it's praise. Um, but he says Frank has my support should it come down to Daniel Craig or him. Well, I hope it doesn't come to a fist fight. No. <laughs> he looks, um, you know... I, he looks pretty I, tasty, Frank. I, I, I'm an old man, Commander. <laughs> he uh, he does, yeah. He's, he's one of those blokes. He's just got too big, just a bit too big to look good in a suit. <laughs> you know, when you see rugby players yeah. in a suit, you think, ridiculous, wear a onesie. Well, the bigger, the bigger Craig gets, the more he looks like Alex Reed. Yes, he is going. And someone, uh, I think, texted in here to say that he was looking, he was becoming Sid James. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, you can get... I can... See, I look terrible naked or in, in swimming. No, in you ta- don't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know what your good lady's going to say about that. No. no, I'm basing that, in fairness, I'm basing that purely on the... Basing uh, in fairness, isn't that <laughs> on, the, on the borders of Scotland and England? <laughs> Uh, the basis of the Venger Boys material. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I was a younger man then. I was built like a greyhound. Oh. Well, we, and to, be, to balance it out, we need to get Craig to dance to that music in Just His Pants. But, you know, that would look fantastic. It wouldn't look funny. It would look fantastic. <laughs> mm. But he is. He's gotten... He, he, I, see, I, even though I look terrible in swimming trunks, I look, I look great in the suit. It's hard to all those bits, but he, he's too big for a suit. I know what you mean. Daniel Craig, it's a bit- too big for a suit. <laughs> that's, um, every time he's mentioned, now that's the next thing I'm going to say mm. until I... It's like too big for his boots, he's getting too big for his suit. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's a bit like when rugby players are forced to go to black tie dinners. Yeah, when you see it's rugby awful. players at, oh, the, the, at the sports personality of the year... <laughs> the and, they look, and they look like strippograms, who it's, it's going <laughs> to come off at any second. They look like desperate Dan looking after the back of a settee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good look. 
Frank from 527 uh, on the subject of dreams mm. uh, 527 is written morning all I have had a Paul McCartney yesterday moment uh, oh. I woke up this morning with the lyric we crossed the line in 4-3 time I am sure someone must have written these words but maybe not has anyone heard these words before and am I perhaps special no. uh, so did Paul McCartney get um, yes the lyrics where well, he, he, he got w- the he tune to yesterday because wasn't it called scrambled eggs it was called scrambled eggs yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he got the tune in a dream. I yeah. didn't know that. And he, and he was convinced for ages that someone else had, must have written it. So yeah. he went round with it. He had it in his head, but he thought, oh, someone's bound to have done it. And if he just only had it. George so Harrison had done that yeah. with My Sweet Lord, he would have saved himself <laughs> an enormous court case. <laughs> <laughs> but he just had it as scrambled egg. Yeah. Scrambled egg. Oh, I once went to... I, went, I was filming abroad, and the day before we left, the director, um, his wife walked out on him. It was very, you know, awful. And I thought, I thought maybe he won't, he won't come. But no, he, he battled on professionally. Mm. And we went, uh, we went to a, a beachfront karaoke club and it was very jolly party atmosphere. And he said, I think I'm going to get up and do did, karaoke. Did you do your Elvis Costello? Because that's one of your party pieces. I did. I actually, I did um, Elvis Presley, I think. Oh, I think yes. I did um, The Wonder of You. Oh, lovely! Friend. And I actually said "wanter," which is what Elvis <laughs> seems to say. But it's, that's the wanter. Oh, he does. <laughs> the wanter of you. I never worked that out. Mm. Um, unless Probably it's painkillers. Unless it's rhyming slang for monta. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the, the director bravely got up, and I thought, great, because he's putting a brave face on it. And mm. he sat. I didn't know what he was. He, he, he sang yesterday, and oh. he sat on a speaker <laughs> with his head bowed. Yesterday, all oh my Trump, and it was oh my god! I mean, even the people who didn't know the story could tell yeah, this was yeah. a broken man. Oh, we didn't start speaking the lyrics. Why you had to go? Oh no, it was. It <laughs> I was, couldn't have born. I mean, what I a way of cleansing yourself like that, you know? Th- through some people would do therapy, even yeah. karaoke. Did Did anyone follow? What was the next song? I hope someone did something like "Shut Up of Your Face." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, not so bad. No, <laughs> that would have been good. Um, don't worry. You know. This is enormous fish came up on a big plaque and saying, don't worry, get happy. Oh, Billy Bass. Oh, big mouth Billy Bass. What happened Those to him? Those were the days. I, think that, I suppose they've all been retrieved by cats. Yeah, along with <laughs> the dancing. There's a lot of em- empty plaques all over Britain. The dancing flowers, Frank, as well. Oh, no, those were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you look so intense about any those subjects. Those were brilliant. And I got one of those for Room 101. Uh, I don't know if it made the edit, but I, uh, I I think it was Sheila Hancock, and she'd never seen one before. She was also... <laughs> what, she Amish or something? Have um, they passed her by? I think, uh, I don't know, maybe she's uh, chauffeur-driven. She's classy, isn't she? So she's very classy. She doesn't go to but gadget da- shops. I don't know, if you, in case you haven't seen those dancing flowers, get this, I'm not <laughs> making this up, you play music <laughs> and plastic flowers dance along. Yeah, wasn't all bad in the 90s. <laughs> Frank, 133. Three. And those action men that just move their uh, elbows and crawl along the pavement. Talking of action men, one three three. Morning, Frank. Today is Daniel Craig's birthday. So oh. does that mean today he would look okay because it would be his birthday suit? Oh. I'd, I'd vote for that. Is it really his birthday? Apparently, yeah. Well, I'm going to sing a song just for Daniel. <laughs> Rachel Vice, <laughs> Rachel Vice. Everybody. 
Every morning you greet me. I was going to bleep greet and just yeah. leave it to the audience, but I, 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 you know, it's cheap. It's cheap. I interviewed Rachel Vice. She is very nice. Mm. He did she well. Was... He did well there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was I was a, just saying that about Barack Obama. She was a contemporary of mine in North I London. I thought Frank. Michelle done well with him. I think he. I think you're got, right. She got the she best did. of the bargain. She's nice, but he's She's he's beautiful. the cat. Well, I noticed they kept Michelle Obama away from Jack Nicholson at the Oscars. I think I don't know if she's <laughs> just just in case. She's attractive, but I think he she got the best of the bargain. I think he's a handsome man. But then Hillary got the best of the bargain. If we're going to be honest yeah. as well, yeah. I always Bill, thought Barack so. Obama looks a little bit and like Barbara Trump. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> she got the January sales. <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Is it time to wa- have a little wander over to Email Corner? <laughs> Email Corner. <laughs> I, uh, I borrowed that sound effect from uh, Carl Douglas's <laughs> Kung Fu Fighter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How were those cats? Were they fast? Um, yeah, in fact, <laughs> it was a little bit frightening. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite line from that <laughs> song. Yeah. Well, why sing about it? Yeah. You're torturing yourself, reliving what was, in, in fact, a very scary experience, <laughs> Carl. He's got post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder, though. Yeah. He's, <gasps> for- he's forced to retell his tale. Uh, Frank, we've had an email from... It's called Canaan Grawl. Canaan? Grawl. Or Growl? What would you say, Steve? I'd say Grawl. I was was wondering if it was a misspelling of Grill, if it was Mm. some sort of fast food restaurant in the Holy Land. Canaan Grill would be very good, yeah. I'll have the unleavened. (laughs) Canaan. Hi there. He says... um, Hello, Divine Miss M. Oh, this is, per- this is a personal correspondence I'm reading out. So I apologise. <laughs> all good. I'll check it's clean. Just listening to the latest podcast all the way over here in Calgary, Canada. No, oh, I like a Canadian. And on the topic of eating on public transport, I remember once on a Greyhound trip between Toronto and Montreal, the woman sitting behind me opened a Tupperware container of smoked fish on a bus with no op- openable windows. The stench was overwhelming to all. It was a very fish jerky move. Love the show. Thanks, Kane and Grawl. That is, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. That's I imagine extreme that would have smelled like any mega bus I've ever been on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you something, though. I, didn't, I thought Tupperware was very much a domestic British thing. I didn't realise it was. Uh, oh, it no. Was they have Tupperware parties over in the US. Do they really? Mm. They used to do that in the 50s a lot. You know, it's easy to take Tupperware for granted. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. Was your mum a fan of Tupperware? I, 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 we used to have a, a, a man used to come round the door selling uh, Tupperware. Well, I heard she dreamed about that man or oh, read about oh, him, and that's right. why he appeared. Um, and I love the opening of Tupperware is one of my favourite things. Oh, it's a very satisfying. That, there's a it, it, it doesn't really it, it peels it peels yeah. open and you get that. <laughs> I just hold on. Just get me sandwiches. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. We should, launch, we should launch Tup Awareness Week. Yeah, mm. excellent. But people would think that was about um, Alf Topper, the uh, <laughs> 1960s cartoon character from the strip, the top of the track. Yeah. used to be in, I think, the Victor, if I remember right. <laughs> Are you familiar with Alf Topper? I'm not familiar with him. Alf Topper was a runner, um, an athlete, and uh, but he was a work, very much a working-class hero. He used to... Oh, he, he worked as a welder. That was his day job. 
this is before they were, were buoyed up by sponsorship. <laughs> he worked as a, 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 a welder, and also he lived, he trained basically on fish and chips. And Alf Topper would, he'd always turn up, he'd have to get the bus to the uh, event, and he'd get there a bit late, and he'd, he'd still get out there. And the people he beat were always posh. <laughs> public school type <laughs> tops who looked down on him and then he, it was a fabulous it was a sort of a whole thing was about class in lots yeah. of ways yeah. there was a there was a the character in the in roy the rovers had a similar thing food <coughs> often played a part of it where he every week he had to eat his bubble and squeak and that was it he could only play it wasn't he, the goalkeeper toby morton was he no they, he was he actually played for melchester rovers yeah oh. uh, this was, so this, an, was, this was a lesser play. story. Oh, it was okay. one of the so, regular series. Like, it was like the wheelchair wonder, but it wasn't the wheelchair wonder. <laughs> yes. There was, like, who, who was a kid who was in a wheelchair Burl, apart from when he could get up to play football. The wheelchair wonder. Surely Professor Stephen Hawking should take that up <laughs> as he's... Uh, oh, God, it was all going so as well. As he's Bill Matter. <laughs> I don't know if he does much vaudeville. Mm. <laughs> Have we got time for another email? Are we going to do more Milton Burl chat? I'm going to... I'm going to... Sorry, I'll never mention Milton Burl again. I feel I've let you down, I've let the readers down, <laughs> and I've let myself down. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So staying in email corner. <laughs> you John, slightly Yorkshire at the end. <laughs> email corner. <laughs> Oh, I, feel, I feel like it's Harvest Festival and I've taken some nice tin food round to the pensioner. Well, have you got one of those loaves that looks like a plat? Yes! Oh, I love those. Holler. I've never I actually eaten one, but they are, they are impressive, those. Mm. Like eating a big pigtail. <laughs> <laughs> big fat pigtail. Oh. But when... Uh, Sol's ribbon. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> or scrunchy. <laughs> Uh, we've had an email from Luke, uh, who says, Greetings, I was strolling down the road the other day, taking in the podcast as is my want. Uh, this sounds like it's being read out by a policeman in court. <laughs> <laughs> you were discussing the, the placing of food on a plate, and you started to play with the idea of, uh, uh, of rice surrounding a curry, somewhat like a caravan on wagons on the plains in the cowboy times. I did, we did, we did uh, discuss that. We did. Uh, Luke continues, I patiently waited for the spaghetti western pun to arrive, but it never happened. Naturally, I wouldn't want to praise the show, and I think it'd be daft to to admonish you on missing this open goal. Okay. Uh, He says, I think it would be daft. I think he means it would be daft not to admonish you. Yes. Mm. Uh, And then he continues... But I don't want to admonish him on um, (laughs) missing... His appalling grammar. Aww. And then he continues... Have you met his grammar? (laughs) (laughs) She's not well. (laughs) Um, he carries well, on the obligatory night's move. Emily, Kurdistan is blooming lovely this time of year, and I'd be happy to escort you and any of your people from InStyle magazine should an off-the-grid photo shoot. Extraordinary potential trip. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I, I have no idea what Kurdistan is like. I bet, it is, I bet it's interesting. Well, I know, are you, are you staying, you're, you've been staying in Lemon Kurdistan this year, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that where Lemon Curd comes from, Kurdistan? Oh. I, I, wouldn't it be great I, to I, discover that? <laughs> That's lovely work. The, the, the lemons there, they're not, they're not very solid. They're quite um, glutinous. Are they? Yeah, and they just put them in jars. And the, uh, hey, Presta? <laughs> I'd love to see a bit of Kurdistan. I haven't... I, haven't, I think I play well there. Is this, a night, we? is this a night's move that may have worked? I think it might well, have. Well, it's quite a date, isn't it, come to Kurdistan? I've been further. All the same. How many stands are further. there? Thanks, Luke. I'll, uh... How many stands are there in total in the, the countries? 
Well, Kurdistan, Kurdistan isn't oh. actually a country. I think it's just a region. Shut I think Kurdistan. <laughs> I, I think it. I think it's a bit of Turkey, love. Yeah, but it's a little bit of Iran. There's Uz- Uzbekistan. That's a country, isn't it? Yep. Pakistan. Oh, I love this. This is like work. This is like this being is, on a this stall. This is like pointless. No, this is being yeah. on a stall with two need, market traders. We need Richard Osman. <laughs> it is. We need pointless. We need the most obscure Istan. <laughs> that, would, that would be the category. I, I, I cannot hear the word, of course, spaghetti, the phrase spaghetti western without thinking of poor Eli Wallach. Indeed. Who, uh, who, yeah. I, uh, who was in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly as the Mexican band. Oh, yeah. yeah. And who I... Uh, do you is know this thing? I went to see him. Oh live. yeah, I yes. I, yeah. What and, happened? Uh, it, well, what he, go on. He was. He said when he was offered a spaghetti western, he said it didn't make any sense. Spaghetti west, spaghetti western. That doesn't oh. make any sense. It's 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 like Hawaiian pizza, and got quite a laugh. <sighs> and then about forty minutes later, he did that. He said, uh, "Yeah, well, the thing is with the spaghetti western, it didn't make any sense to me. It was like Hawaiian pizza." Obviously, oh. the audience thought we've well, already said that you're awful. Yeah. We just saw oh. and uh, it's a terrible. He's still going strong. He's 97. Yeah, he, Eli Wallet. There's a there's a. Very oh, here t- we go, Milton Berle. <laughs> yeah. so there's, a, there's an Aussie singer. There's a fact. On a more uplifting Eli Wallet note, there's an Australian singer called Darren Hanlon who wrote a song called Eli Wallet about, yeah. about how much he loves his, his work, and Eli Wallet heard it. And he's just this—he's you know, just this Australian troubadour who travels the world with his guitar. And he got an email saying, "We've just played Eli Wallach your song," and he's been dancing around his room listening to it. And then they filmed a video together of one of, one of his other songs. Really? So Eli Wallach appears in Darren Hannon's video. I wish that I was beautiful for you. And he plays—he plays an old man getting ready for a date. And it's, oh, it's well, beautiful. that is a nicer story. You see, I was going to interview Eli Wallace. Did you say that is a nicer story? Oh, I thought you were saying it in a Joe Dolce. <laughs> no. Nicer story. No, no, no. but I was going to interview um, Eli Wallach on my chat show, and having seen him mm. make this terrible error in public, I um, I decided against it, and we didn't do it. Did, did you, American publicists say, uh, we graciously decline? No, I said, uh, I've dropped a Wallach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Absolute. Absolute, Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, we've had another email in from our two email corner. <laughs> it's getting a little bit dark now, Steve. <laughs> yeah. that. I've got overly good email corner. No, no that's way no. too sinister. Email corner. Uh, uh, John Edwards has, has written and said, Hello, as, as he played friend of the show last week, Frank was a mm. little nostalgic about when he used to play more jingles. True. I am too, and about one jingle in particular, uh, which is why I would like to tell you that here in <laughs> Toronto, the snow is melting, and many trendy young women are wearing oh. Wellingtons with the Hunter label at the top of the ship. Oh, I love Hunter. I just checked the price of these, and they are about ten times the price of my plain black wellies and can't possibly keep your feet drier. Perhaps fashion expert Emily can tell me why the Hunters are so dear, oh. and perhaps Frank has some music he can play while she does. Uh, well, okay, shall we try this then? Mm. Okay, well, you, you tell me why they're so expensive. Why are hunters so dear? Because <laughs> they're dear hunters. They okay. are dear okay, hunters. The thing with Wellington boots. <laughs> 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 I think this is what he was getting at, isn't he? <laughs> well, this is Waterloo, obviously, which was won by the Duke of Wellington. 
<laughs> oh, after whom, you've mixed it all up now. After whom Wellingtons were named. And, and let's not forget, <laughs> and it is often forget, that um, it wasn't just the Allies that yeah. were victorious, that the Prussian army fought against Napoleon, led by um, Field Marshal von Blücher, who also had... Um, Shoes and boots named after him. Is the, that the, they're the blue shirt boots. Oh. Yeah. So um, what I've done there is a, a, a double whammy um, boot. It was intriguing what you did there. Reference. Yeah. But they are hunters are expensive. It's an old British company. The Queen wears them. Does she? Yeah. Well, obviously they don't prevent gastroenteritis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. How much? They didn't help Princess Margaret. How much would they be then? A pair of. Uh, Approximately forty nine ninety nine, fifty pounds. Oh, I don't. Yes. <laughs> they are dear, aren't they? <laughs> I have a pink pair, Frank. I've heard that. You. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I don't. You're not in that uh, section of my um, sensibility. I regard I know, you as a good friend. Love, no. No, but you. Some people think that's a bit Katie Price. Yeah. I disagree. I think it's important to feminise uh, country garb. Hmm. I don't want to look to... I worry I can look a bit Vita Sackler West in the country. This uh, is the problem. And Do you know also, what I mean by that? I think the fun thing is if there was a massive foot-and-mouth epidemic and you were walking over a field of uh, pig carcasses, mm. you wouldn't be able to see your own feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, what a lark. What else? Well, I had an invitation earlier today to go to Kurdistan. Oh, Yes. Do you recall? And I was saying, what's the most obscure Istan? <laughs> oh, we've had a few. We've had a few. Zero nine five. How about this one? Turkmenistan. That's te- from Terry G. Don't know that one. No, that's why it's obscure. Eight two seven. What about Baltistan in Pakistan, where K two is? Baltistan. Bal. Baltistan. Do you remember Professor Balthasar, the cartoon series? Oh no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> oh, something else has been plaguing us is what was um, Bitty McLean's big hit? I've had a flash that it might because this is trying to stick to the strict no uh, no googling. Google if you don't know, but don't Google if you yeah. don't remember. Uh, and it it might have been dedicated to the one I love, which I which <laughs> what Mamas and Poppers? It could it could well have been a cover version. Okay, this is yeah, but that's I'm at the very fringes of my. Synapses in my brain. The fringes of your synapses. <laughs> I like that. It makes your inner head sound a bit like a buffalo I, bill outfit. <laughs> I prefer twisting my sobriety, to be honest, to fringes of my synapses. That's Tanita Tickerum. Oh, I remember Tanita Tickerum. Mm. Yeah, I once saw a college application form. Somebody showed it me to show <laughs> what, a, what a fool she was. I thought it was an invasion <laughs> of privacy. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio, Emily Dean, Steve Hall, Texas on 812.15, Twitter, at Frank on Absolute. Um, stop all the clocks, because I think someone's left the building. I think we know who we're talking mm. about. Benedetto, they cried. Yes. Benedict, um, it's a sad day for you, actually, because the, the Pope is, is gone, Frank. Yes, we don't have a Pope at the moment. We're no. Popeless. We're Pope-free yeah. <laughs> zone. Mm. <laughs> Son Pope. Son Papa. Um, I don't like it. I don't oh. like it. Oh, OK. I don't like the whole thing. I know, you know, he's poorly, but we have a saying in the Catholic Church, 
Pope till you drope. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not perfect, but I think it's from the Latin. It hasn't quite yeah. won this translation. Once you pope, you can't stope. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's working even better. Ah, I think it's... Ha- uh, I, I'm not happy on this. Uh, Why aren't you happy? What you think? Well, if I wanted to be... You know, uh, I feel one you're of the, going to be. Well, one of the big things with with your lay Catholics, your your man and woman in the street mm. Catholics, is when we get married, mm. even if it goes wrong, we have to stay married until we die. I don't see why the Pope should have a get out clause. Oh, mm, not a good example, is it? Is that true? So you you have to you have to just hang in there. Yeah, you have to, and even if you split up and marry other people and all that, unless you get a special. Uh, they have to hang in. It's kind of one of those insp- one of those motivational posters, but rather than a cat holding, holding onto a tree with hang it hang in there, it's just a really miserable couple. Yeah, stuck on the other end of a sofa with nothing to say to each other. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, if if we had to stick with that, I think you have to stick with uh, popery. Yeah, he can't just walk. Well, he has walked. Well, he has, no, not, that well, not that, that well. <laughs> he's done it in style. Because I would like you to shed some light on the some of the sartorial choices in his last days in the in the gig. Yes, he, he did go a bit. Um, extraordinary choice. Yeah. He went a bit. You know, Frank used to talk about the the last days of Daybreak when that not Daybreak it was pre Daybreak GMTV. Yes, and they went a bit wild because they had nothing to lose. I thought he did that clothes wise. Well, the double-breasted overcoat wasn't a, it wasn't a million miles from a when Elvis sang <laughs> if, if I Can Dream in the 1968 TV special in that white I suit, the double-breasted well. jacket. It was just like that. He'd put that jacket on. It was a bit big for him. It was that was a mighty outfit. That big white overcoat. It was. It was a bit all the president's men. Those lapels. It, it, I mean, I wish he'd, you know he's got a he's got a moving uh, when he's in St Peter's since he's got a bit pooly. He has a moving platform that he he goes about on, like a little plinth like a mini seg- like he? a papal segway. That mo- <laughs> yeah, that moves about like a Dalek. I hope it's got a cross <laughs> on the front. <laughs> Apparently, at one thing he actually went excommunicate. <laughs> <laughs> but if he could if he could have got on the platform and worn the long coat, you wouldn't. It would have been like Campbell with Green. If <laughs> he just come on, you wouldn't have been seeing any movement at all. That would. I mean, that they would have thought that was a miracle. The Is other it? shocking news. Sorry, Steve. I was going to say he's not allowed to wear the red loafers anymore. No, no, no. And, and, and strangely, yeah. he yes. seems to have been sentenced to only ever wearing one pair. Yes. Of shoes. yes. Well, it's the the red. They're like sort of. They looked. They were very ruby slippers. They're from type, Prada. Type shoes. I can imagine that as he gives up, he's got to click his heels together three times and say, "There's no place like Rome." Yeah, and then the whole of St Peter's goes uh, back to black and white. Yeah. I think he should wear Uggs. I'd love a Pope in Uggs and ex-Pope in Uggs. Yeah. Why not? I, I don't know what the uh, what the canon law is on um, ex-Popes in Uggs. No, I don't either. It's it's. I, I'm not happy with it. I'll be honest. Were well, you sad to say goodbye to the old fella, though, Frank? Well, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm, I think it, there'll be all sorts of implications with him just uh, slinging his hook like oh, this. Dear. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't buy the. You Ill think it'll health. lead to a, a rise in divorces with people saying if he can do it? Yeah, I think all sorts of quitting. He's basically he's, he's encouraged quitting on a, on a general level. He did say thank you and good night though, which was very Foo Fighters. Did I liked he? it. Yeah. yeah, he did. And he, he said, said thank, thank you and good yeah. night yeah. in Latin, but he, he still said thank as you. As a Dalek or an yeah. Italian voice. <laughs> He thanked his Twitter followers as well. Mm. 
He's modern. Is he? Thanks to Twitter. Is he staying with Twitter? I think. Oh, yeah. I think he's. I don't know. I thought that was his last tweet. So his, just... his last tweet as Pope. He'll probably have to have a, a new name. See, I put my foot. In, I was reading this, in, and I said to my girlfriend, "I said you've got to admit there is something appealing about just living in your own room in Castle Gandolfo and just living a life of silence and prayer." She says, "Oh, that appeals to you, does it?" <laughs> you know, and you think. Does it, Many, many ways of putting your foot in it when you're in a relationship. <laughs> but the fantasising about a life of silence and prayer, you wouldn't think was a... a but it didn't go well at all. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. I'm going to cough. Brace yourself. <coughs> 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 That's like someone yeah. in a soap saying, I- I'll be OK, honestly. Yeah. Your like, contract's up for renewal. I like the fact that we allowed you to cough. We didn't try and talk over <laughs> it. We thought, well, we don't want dead air <laughs> no, while no, someone's no. having a coughing fit. No, no. that would be terrible. I like the way that in um, soap operas, people say, I'm just going to have some air. And people and aren't suspicious of that. <laughs> 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 to clear their so head. I said to Kath, I'm just going to have some air. She'd, the, she'd be on the phone to a private detective before <laughs> I, I actually shut the door. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, the, so the Pope. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. And, um, what, Benedetto's let you down? Although, who are those men outside who make it a bit like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang what, with the, their weird clothes? The Swiss, that's the Swiss guard. Oh. They, that's their job, looking after the Pope. The very second he, beca- he stopped being Pope... They cleared off. Yeah, yeah. And That's some what ordinary with my security. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they, yeah, they wear the, the stripy trousers and all sorts of. Um, There's one very handsome one. I know that's disrespectful, but he's lovely. No, I think he's all right. One of the Swiss guard. I, I know, Frank will know it and be familiar with his work. He's the Pope's assistant. Oh, well, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's quite that's a handsome he's, sort of, he's the sort of Vatican's Jose Mourinho. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So I am, having said all that, it's very exciting a papal election. Mm. I love all the, you know, black smoke, white smoke and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Accepto is the moment I like. Yeah. And I've said that a lot in my time. Black smoke is a sort of a a, a no decision, sort of a... That's what what that means. And white pope, white... Not white pope, white smoke. What happens if it's a black pope? Is it still white smoke? (laughs) (laughs) Or is it more black smoke? What if it's a Rastafarian pope? Is it it smoke, but for three days? (laughs) I don't know what happens there. We've, we've actually had an email on the subject of... If there's a tie, apparently, Louis Walsh decides who's the next pope. <laughs> no, but then he says, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> no, I can't be no, forced to Dermot. choose. Dermot. He won't do it. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, there was, um, I think it was in the 13th century, when um, it snowed in... Um, it wasn't actually... It was held in Albano, I think, and it smo- snowed so badly that none of the cardinals... Could mm. get, and the Pope, the new Pope, had to be decided by the Paul's panel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the money, a, the money's on an Italian though. Yes, yes. they haven't so, had one for a while. Because mm. uh, John Paul no. II was Polish, wasn't he? Do they just, be, it's but, not but, like, to be fair, it's not like Eurovision Song Contest. But they got some catchy opera to do because I think there was an Italian Pope consistently for about five hundred years <laughs> before, oh, before JP two. I might start saying "accepto" if someone asks me on a date. I love it. That's if they get idea. the reference, they're in. You'll just get get some smoke, get some yeah. smoke worked out. And then Habemus Papam. That's, the, that's what no, they I'm say. No, I'm sorry, not they, on a first but date. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> not on a first date. <laughs> if you were in a bar and someone said, you fancy going out on a date, and you, you could, you've got, a, say, black smoke in one shot <laughs> and white smoke in the other, that would be fantastic. Anyway, we did have an email. Uh, yes, on this, on this very subject. 
uh, an email from Gary Percival who said, uh, Frank, I've decided that as you're a committed Catholic with modern ideas, oh. you are the best candidate for the papacy. I've launched the idea on Twitter and David Badil has retweeted my message to his followers. Really? We've got a few people interested. Check out the Twitter hashtag Frank Skinner for Pope and hopefully the idea will gather momentum. Who knows, in the not-too-distant future, you could be the lucky winner <laughs> of a white hat and a new chauffeur-driven car. Yeah, but look what you could have won. Nice. Mm. <laughs> speedboat. We're going to pay the speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> I um, so there's a campaign. I could there is be public pa- desire. I could be pope. Are you are you baptized Catholic? I'm baptized Catholic. You yes. could be pope if you're a baptized man. Oh, you're allowed. You, that's it. You don't have to be. Well, uh, I'm ruled out on two counts. Then. Yeah, 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 but yeah, you could. I don't I'm know. Actually, I, I actually looked up the Twitter campaign, uh, and it is it's a real thing. He's not lying. So right. we can we can back this. Admit the only yeah, the only person not... who's retweeted it is David Bedil. So the only person who supported it is a Jew well, who that, might have some good. reason but to, already, to want to bring Steve's down the Catholic to say Church. That he's Jewish. But already that suggests I'm, I'm bringing people together. <laughs> I'm not even Pope yet. This I've is already, all very well. I've healed two thousand years of hurt. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the kind of job you can get via a Twitter campaign, though, Frank. I, I do think you'd be a very. Well, he good... lost it via a Twitter campaign, as far as I can Would you want the job, Steve? I don't think I'm ready for come it. I, well, I studied theology at university. Oh, oh come on, then you're so, tailor made. Well, I feel, I feel like I'm overqualified. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd ask too many questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, I like our keys in the Vatican. Loving oh, it. Good. Love it. I'll tell you what, though, I'd miss trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know we slag them off, but. <laughs> I'd like that to be your first message from, the, from St. Peter's. <laughs> Tell you whatever, I'm going to miss trousers. <laughs> what I really love the idea of all this is that when there's two, there's sort of two popes. There's the Pope Emeritus yeah. and the Pope. That if there's a real bad crisis, it will be like that episode of Doctor Who, the three doctors, <laughs> when the previous <laughs> doctors come back and they work together <laughs> against evil. That'll be brilliant. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're just looking at the status quo on the telly box and. Uh, Looking smoking hot, boys. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, we've had some news in, re Bissy McLean. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we were trying to establish what his original song, <laughs> or his one and only song, let's be honest, was called. No, that, was, um, that wasn't him. Oh, was <laughs> that, that, that was Chesney Hawks. Is that the Chesney? That Chesney, yeah. Well, we've been overwhelmed. 491, Bissy McLean's hit was It's Raining, It's Raining. Oh, God. Hazel saying, was Bitty McLean's song something to do with rain? It's raining, it's raining, tears from my eyes or something? That's from Hazel. And then uh, 070 says, Bitty McLean, it keeps raining, brackets, tears from my eyes, close brackets, backing by UB40. That's from Phil in Telford. That's like a piece of my brain from 1993 I've just recovered. That's excellent. It's it's raining, it's raining. It's raining, it's pouring, my love life is boring me to tears. (laughs) All the Barbara Streisand fans (laughs) who listen to this show all joining in. Well, maybe we can get Barbara and Bitty to do some kind of duet. (laughs) Barbara and Bitty sounds sounds like a double act, doesn't it? (laughs) Sounds like a detective series with Pam Ferris. Bitty, what they used to say on uh, Little Britain when... Yes, uh, hmm. that's one of their catchphrases. Well, that's good. Thank you for that. Um, this that's, is what, when I refer to the audience as Yugal. When they ah, got very nice, yes. Yeah. Mm. That's, a, that's, I, that's a torture that I've been released from. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Good. That's good. That's great news. 639, here, here, Skinner for Pope. Well, it's, it's going well. I think, because if you become Pope, uh, 
there will be Catholic secondary schools named after you a hundred because oh, Nicholas Bra- my brothers went to Nicholas Breakspear. Oh, right, the Scotland, only the, the only, only British. And I think I think his papal name. I think he was Adrian the Fourth. So, uh, so okay. what would you what would you what would your papal name be? What name would you take? Could That's you be Elv- uh, Elvis the first? Is that respectful? Well, to- I, 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 I don't know if I could get away. I went to actually, I went to a fabulous Elvis event this week. Funny you should mention. Did you? That. A friend of mine is uh, is uh, a senior figure in the British Elvis world, and uh, he was in town at an Elvis collectors' fair, which is literally that a uh, 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 memorabilia. Ju- yeah, but just Elvis stuff. And was it like the ukulele fair that you made me go to in Blackpool? No, it was, was much three bigger. men with a pint glass around a table. <laughs> no, this was much, yeah, but I did spend a grand you on did. a ukulele. You did. <laughs> no, um, and we met afterwards. I met up with him at a, at a hotel. We went down to the lounge in the basement. It was completely empty. They had to open the lounge for us, and about twelve of us sat in a circle for three and a half hours and talked about Elvis and talked in the most obscure uh, hardcore (laughs) no surrender way about Elvis like someone (laughs) said uh, how many um, how much of his sentence did um, Vince Everett serve in Jailhouse Rock Vince Everett being the Elvis character somebody Mm. said 14 months oh yeah I mean, I mean, it was that level. Wow. It was absolutely. Have you, have you still wonderful. got the shirt? The shirt that you bought. Do you no, still own that? I, I did. I bought um, Elvis Presley's shirt for I think it was ten grand, and and then in a fit of um, I don't know what it was, emotion, I gave it to the tsunami fund. Oh. I thought the king would have approved. Steve, I want to know about your life <laughs> because well, you're not here every week. I want no. to pick your brains. Well, I'm a I'm a fairly recently married man struggling to make my uh, financial way with the wife, oh. discussing creating life at some point in the next year. Oh, okay. So we're trying to store store up you the mean, finances. Do you mean having a child, or have you got some big electric sort of thing in the loft and some <laughs> body parts in jars? It's it's an ambitious thing. It just it saves the pain of childbirth. Yeah, yeah. Um, when when that when lightning struck St Peter's, that's what he said. We should never have let Frankenstein rent out that loft. That's what it looked like. The picture. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so yeah, uh, so I imagine it, you're quite well off. Is that not true? No, no, not at all. Well, you live in one of the smarter areas of London. I think <laughs> it's fair. To yeah, say. that's um, I live near where you used to live, but that was because my wife had been mugged at gunpoint in Melbourne. So we thought, well, we'll we'll, we'll move her somewhere nice. Oh, I thought you meant. Uh, I like we'll move her somewhere nice, like she saw her hurt. Her. <laughs> Yeah. Have I not told her she's 97? That's, <laughs> that's, that's why the uh, childbirth thing's quite ambitious. Yeah, well, you know, in, in the modern age. Mm. Okay. Well, right. Well, we'll you know, we'll have a whip round before yeah. you go. She went to school with Eli Wallach. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Hawaiian. Um... <laughs> Did I tell that story about it? <laughs> That'd have been the ultimate to tell that story twice in the same show. <laughs> Uh, carry on, Steve. I so we're, we're trying to save money wherever we can, uh, while I'm still trying to show her a good time as, mm. as an Australian uh, in, <laughs> oh, in London. Not in, not in a filthy creep sense. In a, I want to show her the sights, but I keep booking for things and then getting gigs in or getting work and not being able to go to the thing. Uh, and essentially trying to blag back refunds mm. when I'm completely in the wrong. Mm. Uh, and so you're just relying on the goodwill of the company. Uh, but essentially having to lay yourself prone before them and saying, will you please give me my 17 quid back? 
So it's not even large amounts. How, but do, you, how do you go about this well, extraordinary I've, I've, scam? What sort, of thing, what sort of things like theatre tickets? Yeah, theatre tickets or, or gig tickets. So, so there's there an excellent singer, Robin Hitchcock, who's oh, it's yes. his 60th birthday uh, mm. around about now. And so we had tickets to see him, but I then couldn't go. And it was sold out, so it's the sort of thing where you'll try and... Where I'll write to them and say... Uh, in that case, I went... Uh, uh, I just lied and went, uh, I'm una- unable, un- unable to go due to a family bereavement. <laughs> oh, uh, no, you should uh, do that. I don't think there'll for, be a family bereavement. Yeah, exactly. But I don't ask for a refund. I say, I don't want a refund, mm. uh, but just letting you know, because there'll be two tickets that won't be picked up, so you could put them on resale, because oh. it's sold, because it's... Uh, I know it's sold out. So, you, so I'm specifically saying I don't want the money. Okay. And then they'll yeah. say, to be honest, it's easier if uh, if we just do the refund. Really? Which I knew was going to happen. Really? That is um, sly. <laughs> it's, it's, Can I it say, you'd be it's, one of the... You'd win The Apprentice with attitudes <laughs> like that. Yeah. Don't you think? I'm still and fascinated it's by it. Robin Hitchcock, that, it could be... Well, we've all gone a bit Milton Berle. <laughs> it could be a film, a, a Hitchcock movie, wh- where instead of human beings, they have all the characters are played by Robin. <laughs> that oh. would, wouldn't that be brilliant? Because I, I don't the know bird, how what yeah. it would do with the multiplexes. But in the birds, there'd be yeah. a robin in a small boat crossing across the bay, and then it would have to be bitten by some sort <laughs> of small. It's an angry to be an, Russian. It'd have to be an insect. An angry Russian called Joseph Stalin. Oh yes. Mm. They'd be too big, you see. It'd be too big for the... Starlings the scale. Robins. Anyway, sorry, that was a ludicrous uh, side thing. I'd, I, but, I'm shocked that that yeah. works. Well, I'm intrigued by people's attempts to get refunds. The other thing, if I get on the wrong train, when you book into travel and you'll you know, pre-book a train... Oh, when you sit in first class. No, I don't sit in first class. Oh. That's, a, that's, that's a class war thing. But sometimes if I get the wrong... If I'm running late and I miss the train I'm booked on, and again, I'll go in honest and say... Uh, I'm dyslexic, which I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you actually I, I, know think, I think I'm on the wrong train. And I've mentioned that to a few other comedians, and there's quite a lot, it's quite a regular thing that if a comic's got on the wrong train now, there's about six or seven people it's worked for where they'll say, I think I'm on the wrong train, I'm, I'm dyslexic, I've read this wrong. Uh, and the, the guardians go, oh, that's fine. Wow. I think we should the contact the, author- the appropriate authorities immediately. <laughs> I don't thanks. know if that's better or worse than pretending there's been a death in the family, <laughs> pretending you've got some problem like that. I suppose you could say my... Uh, my manned gra has died, and then you'd play in both oh, cards no, nice. <laughs> at nice. the same time. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Anyway, I'd like to take us into Statue Corner at this point. I don't think we have a jingle. Statue Corner. It's got anything statue. It's been quite a big week for the, the lover of the statue because. Well, there was Dennis Bergkamp, which is my gaff, my rules. We'll get to that in a minute. But, and more significantly, was Mario Balotelli. He features on here so much, Steve. Mario Balotelli? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best, that's the best I've got jingle-wise. I'm quite pleased with it. Do you know what? It's working for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he features on here quite a lot. He's almost a friend of the show, he's, I would say, Balotelli. borderline. He, he's certainly borderline. He's commissioned a life-size statue of himself. And it's in that, you know, that famous pose, that muscle flex, sort of death stare from, pose. Uh, from the uh, Euros. Yes. Yeah, where he's, he's took his shirt off and he's... Yeah. I think the phrase you're supposed to use is magnificent specimen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like that one, he's quite a big unit, which you hear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard that he's quite a big eunuch. Have you? <laughs> yeah. No, well, I've that. Th- apparently the eyes will be made of precious stones... I'm worried Blimey. about that. I hope it sounds like uh, 
Nunca pants. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll cost a fortune. Well, he's he's that level of rich now where he can order, he can have whatever he wants, can't he? So a statue. Well, can he? Can, sort he, of, can he have happiness? It's kind of a statue. It's sort of like they have to call it like on demandias. Hmm. He can oh, get whatever he is wants. Is that like Ozymandias? Oh, he's clever. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but the sculptor in charge said, apparently, he said the statue will be between the classic and pop style. Mm. It'll be rubbish. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> afraid most modern statueries are appalling, are really <laughs> awful, never looks like the person, yeah. clumsily done. Well, with it being Balotelli, it's going to be sort of halfway between Michael Jackson and Colonel Gaddafi. Because mm. it's mm. got it's a, commissioning your own statue. It's a level of narcissism that usually only dictators or yes, disgraced pop stars point, aspire Steve. to. Yeah, I hope Balotelli is not going to be pulled over and hit with a flip flop <laughs> like uh, Saddam Hussein's was. <laughs> I mean, that was a terrible waste of. Uh, yeah. I um, have a slip on. I like a nice statue. Do you? There's, there's one, I, I was working at the BBC this week, and it's a bit sad now, because people are basically looting. You know, the, the, you know the studios are about to close <laughs> Well, well that's gone very lost days of GMTV. Yeah. yeah, there was no sign, uh, signs on most of the dressing room doors, they've all gone. People have had to just write, put stickers on the door oh. to say, I mean, and, and, and oh. there's, there's, in the centre of there, in, in, there's a, a statue of uh, Helios, the Greek oh, god, yeah. uh, sun god, and he has got the best bomb. I mean, it is oh. perfect. I lo- I've stared at that statue. Really? And I don't know if I ever told you when I went to Florence for the first time, I saw Donatello's David. I love Donatello's David. And, he's uh, mischievous. Sort of, yeah, he's more or less naked, covered in flowers. And I stared at him for so long that um, the woman I was with became concerned. <laughs> and, and I get the same with Julius. I sometimes think, you know, that I got on the wrong bus, maybe, in life. Mm. But... Um, <laughs> Maybe, wow. maybe, uh, maybe come back to this. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Hey, Frank, 656 has texted in. Frank, just on the way to visit Peter the Wild Boy's grave. That's from really? Nick and Emma. Yeah. Brilliant. What a fabulous day out. Mm. Also, 550, Pope Francis of Oldbury has a good ring to it. I love that. Oh, it does sound nice. I'm warm into this whole thing. Pope mm. Francis of Oldbury. Mm. And then you could have a statue commissioned of yourself as well. Yeah. Balotelli style. And then if you had... Um... I feel bad about being on my own screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am. But, I mean, a, a commissioning a statue is like... That's really pushing it, isn't yeah. it? Where is it? Is it in his garden or something? Yeah. It's you, a... can't, you can't have it in a public place. It's at his gaff in Italy. Oh, I suppose if it's in your own garden. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there will come a point where you will have a... St- where would you have a statue? Outside the hall? In the Vatican, or? he'll have the statue. I, I'd, be, I'd be happy with it in the garden, then I can sit in my own shade. <laughs> yeah. How lovely would that be? Mm. I'd like a really big one, like Colossus of Rhodes. It's got a canal <laughs> running under it. What would you have, two, the two thumbs up pose? Well, it's, oh, it's, Paul McCartney. Uh, um, I, yeah, probably I'd go for the, in the England shirt, punching yeah. the air. Oh, how, how awful, how <laughs> tragic. <laughs> I've always really liked that. Have you ever seen that? I think there's an Italian artist who did like a plinth yes. upside down. Plinth. Oh. And the writing's upside down and it says something like the base of the world. So what he's done is he's put the entire earth on a plinth. I but like it's that. like upside nice. down. Brilliant. Because they had the, on the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square they had was it was it wait, Rachel Whitetree or someone like that did they Rachel did Whitetree. they did an inverted version of the fourth plinth. Yes. In sort of perspex. Did they? 
Do you know, Dennis Bergkamp's going to be outside the Emirates. Yes. Which will be lovely. They've got a few. It's getting crowded outside the They've Emirates already for statues. got Thierry Henry, Donkey, and um, who's the other one? Herbert. Donkey. Herbert, Herbert, no. Herbert Chapman. Yeah, Herbert, Herbert Chapman. Chapman. Uh, Tony, Tony Adams. Adams. Got I ad- meant, that's why I said Donkey, Don- sorry. Oh, sorry. Not Donkey. Uh, I don't think anyone called him that anymore. <laughs> That'd Frank, be great what if, about he, if he went... Tony Adams called I Donkey know. for R20. <laughs> that's great, the idea of him going as Don King to a yeah. thing. That'd be brilliant. If they had Don King outside the Emirates... I'd love that. That'd be quite... You know what I'd love? a bit of cleaning, that would would be good because the bird dropping (laughs) would give him that sort of grey tips that he has on his hair. They're having um, Odin Wingy outside QPR. I'd love that. (laughs) Well, we can't follow that. I think they should have a statue of you serving burgers outside the Emirates. (laughs) There's a story and a half. Steve, thanks very much. It's always a joy to have you on the show. Um, obviously, it's always a joy to have you on the show, so, but I'm not going to say that every week, like some sort of fool. Um, you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. And uh, thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening. We love you all. Goodbye. This is Frank Skinner. Absolutely.